Hey, my name is Anna Brubaker, and I am the creator and host of Humans of Montclair, a Montclair, New Jersey-based podcast documenting the lives of citizens, businesses, and projects throughout our town. Montclair is a town known for its strong sense of community and active citizenry. Montclairescents are deeply committed to making a positive impact in their community. Many of our residents are active volunteers, working with local organizations and initiatives focused on a wide range of issues. But something that makes our community particularly unique is our civic engagement. Many residents attend town hall meetings, participate in community events and forums, and actively engage with their local government to ensure that their voices are heard. My next guest on today's episode of Humans of Montclair embodies Montclair's sense of community, active citizenry, and most importantly, civic engagement as one of New Jersey's most accomplished public figures. I spoke to Senator Nia Gill of New Jersey's 34th Legislative District. Senator Gill is a Montclair resident, Montclair High School alum, and a senator who has dedicated decades of her life to advocating for civil rights, public education, health care, and equity throughout New Jersey. In addition to her legislative work, Senator Gill has been a trailblazer in many other areas. She was the first African-American woman to serve as the president of the National Conference of State Legislatures, and she has been a vocal advocate for diversity and inclusion in all aspects of society. Senator Gill and I spoke about what brought her into politics, how she represents diversity and thought in Trenton for the 34th District, current events that she herself is advocating for, as well as advice for people who want to go into politics. So my first question for you is, what is your name and what is one thing that you love about Montclair? Uh, hi, my name is the Senator Gill. And uh, I, the thing that I most appreciate about Montclair is our diversity because I think our diversity gives us one of the most vibrant communities in the state. And um, of course, this brings things like a variety of cuisine, art and music from around the world. So I think most importantly, our diversity expands our viewpoints. Certainly, uh, we are exposed to other communities and I think it makes us a more well-rounded citizens. And if I could be a little, uh, bragging about Montclair, it makes us citizens of the world. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I've been talking a lot with um, past interviews about how it's honestly my last year here. I'm a senior, so I'm looking to go, you know, to apply to colleges and stuff. And something that I'm very grateful for is um, just how well-versed everyone is and how people are not only diverse culturally, socioeconomically, but also like diverse in thought. It makes you think below the surface about so many issues and um, stuff in your community, because people in our town really care about the people, but also the greater community too, which is something that we should never take for granted. Um, Senator Gill, you currently represent New Jersey's 34th legislative district, correct? Yes, I do. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what was like the driving force that got you into state politics? Uh, Yes, uh, I actually started out as a babysitter and the aide to the former uh, Senator Winona Littman. Uh, And she uh, originally lived in Montclair uh, and was a Senator from Montclair until redistricting and some other things. And Senator Littman, it was very important to me because she was the first African-American to serve in the Senate. Uh, When she passed, she was the longest serving Senator in history And um, she was also, I mean, she 
studied at the uh, in France at the Sorbonne. She taught Dr. Martin Luther King French um, because she taught um, at the college Morehouse. And um, she was married to Matt, Matt Littman, uh, who is uh, white, and they could not marry in her home state of Georgia because Loving versus Virginia was still in effect. So that uh, to come, they had to come to some place where their love and their marriage would not be illegal. So she moved from um, Paris to Greenwich Village uh, to Montclair. So it gave me a great appreciation for um, loving who you want and being able to have the courage to stand up to uh, the kind of bigotry and hatred that she was would have been exposed to and was exposed to uh, if she went back to her home state of Georgia. And now, so these things uh, uh, inspired me to run for office uh, in the assembly and then um, to serve in the Senate. And I was fortunate enough that before she passed, uh, I was able to serve uh, in the assembly so that I actually was in the legislature with Senator Littman and they called her the um, uh, iron fist uh, with a velvet glove um, because she was um, both diplomatic, determined and um, willing to take on tough issues. So that's how I became involved in politics. That's a beautiful story. Um, it really goes to show, like, I mean, with Loving v. Virginia, I mean, we learn about it in school. We think of it as, you know, more of a historic or, like, national issue, which it 100% is, and we're seeing that, unfortunately, come back to light with the recent um, Supreme Court right now. But, I mean, it affects, it has affected so many people that we know, love, and care about. And these primary sources and these anecdotes that you're telling us are reasons why, um everyone, not just young people or people in office should care about these issues because it inspires, you know, people like you to run for office and respect, you know, respect who people want to love, who treat people the way you want to be treated, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, Senator Gill, you're one of New Jersey State Senators. Um, many students um, listen to my podcast and they may not know the difference between what the state senators do and what the U.S. senators do, but they're both equally important. Can you tell us what the differences are between the two and why they're both equally important? Sure. Well, first of all, the state and federal legislatures are different levels of government with uh, distinct responsibilities and powers. Our state legislature is uh, responsible for making laws that apply only within the state. And the New Jersey state legislature has two houses, the assembly and the Senate, and they have the power to pass laws on wide range of issues, it, it, like, for instance, education, school funding formulas, taxation, criminal laws, civil laws, and others. The federal handles making um, laws that apply to the entire country. And the federal legislature includes two houses, the Senate and the House of Representatives. And uh, we know that it has the power to pass a number of laws, um, national defense, immigration, others, 
But overall, both the state and federal legislatures, they play a pivotal role in ensuring that the country is governed in a way that um, is responsible to the needs and concerns of its citizens. So that's basically, we're the same, but a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, and I would argue too that, um, or just make the point too that a lot of the things that we debate or that you debate in um, the state house or in Trenton are what primarily impact everyone, I guess a little bit more because you know we're staying in New Jersey. There's a lot of laws that as you cited that um, are exclusive to New Jersey. I mean, driving being one of them as you previously talked about, we don't have those hours. Um, yeah. where states do, for example. Um, you've been in the Senate for a while, in the state, or in the um, New Jersey legislator for a while. Mm -hmm. um, what are like the characteristics that make a great senator or public servant in Jersey? Well, I think uh, first and foremost, a great senator or public servant, or and public servant, uh, it should have like a genuine passion for public service and a deep commitment to improving the lives of their constituents. Um, they have to be willing to work tirelessly <laughs> to address the needs and concerns of our constituents. And I think you should have a strong understanding of the community you serve, including its history, culture, and current issues. And I think also a great senator should be responsive to the community they serve. So you have to reflect in your decision-making uh, the community's diversity and the community's values and um, be responsive to the needs of the constituents. And uh, equally important, you have to be accessible and responsible to their questions and feedback. So uh, accessibility, that diversity of knowledge and the passion uh, I think makes a good public servant, and I hope uh, I followed it so it can make a good senator. <laughs> I can say um, on the reciprocating end of that, you have been absolutely accessible. I remember you spoke to CGI with um, Senator Kip Bateman as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you asked that wonderful question, I might. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I mean, after you and Senator Bateman, you know, discussed during the panel, you immediately asked all of us, even though most of us at the time weren't a voting age, what issues bothered us at the time or what we had to prioritize. I remember I was talking about education equity in a post-COVID world um, or present COVID world. My friend was talking about mental health, all stuff that affects us. And um, you don't have to do it, but it's part of the job and it shows that you care a lot. And I want to thank you for that. Well, it doesn't, you. of course, it doesn't go taken for granted, especially between the youth and I. Um, I mean, and I think one other main um, initiative was to start school later. Oh, uh, yeah. And I actually, um, based upon our discussions, I uh, submitted my name and I'm on as a co-sponsor on that bill. And I told them based upon the education I received that morning at a CGI that I was going to support it. So um, uh, it, I learned something too, let's put it that way. That's fantastic. I'll be <laughs> sure to let all of CGI know tomorrow, actually. I yeah. Thank you. Um, 
mean, New Jersey is a state that's very diverse. It's not just exclusive to Montclair. It's diverse in regards to its people, the cultures, um, the socioeconomics of the state, and then political views. And again, it's something that I admire a lot about New Jersey. I wouldn't honestly want to live anywhere else. However, this can sometimes make it a little bit hard to create bills that benefit everyone in the state. And then furthermore, those bills have to have, you have to reach across the aisle a little bit more too. Um, how do you kind of represent New Jersey's diversity of um, economics, social and political thought and the environment? How do you reach across the aisle when doing so? Well, that's a really excellent question because in the 34th district, we uh, are one of the most diverse districts in um, the state. I also represent Clifton and at home, uh, the uh, community in Clifton, they speak 67 lang different languages so that we do have a very um, uh, multicultural, diverse community uh, for the present 34. So I think you have to engage in a wide range. You have to listen to your constituents. You have to understand the policies that reflect the diversity and their cultural um, input. And uh, their diff different communities may need different things, but we're all working towards the same goal here. So for instance, um, you, organizations, you have to work with organizations that represent different um, uh, positions such as immigration advocacy, groups, LGBTQ plus organization, religious groups, and all other kinds of groups. So you have to be open uh, to um, receiving the information and engaging the community in a meaningful relationship of uh, addressing their needs. And, you know, so when you get engage the stakeholders uh, in a state this diverse, and you encourage stakeholders to uh, participate in the legislative process, uh, then um, the legislative process more accurately reflects the diversity of our state. That's very well put, thank you. Um, I mean, it's something that it's important and it's even now we see it with everyone has different opinions. It can be very difficult to, um, I guess compromise is the best word to put it. Um, but this is a place where, I mean, especially at the state level, compromise has to happen in order to benefit um, as the constituents being people who live here, including yourself. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Senator Gill, you're currently sit on the um, Transportation, Legislative Oversight and Law and Public Safety Committees in New Jersey. Um, what are the primary like social or economic issues that you've observed in New Jersey related to your committees? And what do, why do they stick out to you in particular? Well, there are many uh, economic issues that we have to address, uh, housing, healthcare, education, and essential goods and services, increasing um, the uh, affordability uh, and for a significant part of the population. And I come to this um, a task as a, an attorney. Uh, I, have, I was the first African-American in the history of the state of New Jersey to serve on the powerful Judiciary Committee. And so um, we understand, uh, and plus as a woman, uh, in, in a diverse area, the things we need, we have to address affordability 
of people who live in the suburbs. We have to understand that um, we have uh, to address those issues so we can all move together, forward together. We have the health costs for um, seniors um, and removing discrimination and determining auto insurance. And of course, I have legislation in with respect to raising the toll heights because that affects the economic viability of Montclair, of just being able to participate in commerce and, uh, and our pleasure. So outside of the affordability crisis, we have to guarantee um, the protection, and I'm very uh, uh, involved with this, the guarantee the protection of our rights and liberties because what is happening in the Supreme Court and nationwide and one key area of that is privacy, not only with respect to uh, the woman's right to choose, but as it relates now to facial recognition and the use of algorithms. So I have several pieces of legislation to address these technologies that are used by law enforcement and private business. And if I can, the facial recognition technology has the potential to infringe on the constitutional rights of privacy, the Fifth Amendment rights, and the 14th Amendment's rights. So we have to regulate how they are used and we have to protect our privacy uh, in the pri constitutional rights of our citizens and regulate uh, this uh, area in a way, that, in an ethical way. Um, and, um, Furthermore, they drive facial recognition is only as good as the data that they're trained on. So if the data used to train these algorithms is biased, then the results will be biased and you won't even um, know. So uh, the protection of our constitutional rights uh, is uh, something that is foremost in my um, legislative um, perspective. Yeah, thank you, Senator Grill. And I really do appreciate the point that you highlighted about um, privacy with not only women's right to choose, but with you know new technology. I mean, the trade-off with things you know being discovered or you know new things coming with technology is how do we regulate it? And um, even now, I mean, I'm hearing every day, like the discussion of how data is being used, how algorithms are being used and how um, facial recognition is being used. And it could be used for good, but if it's not regulated, it can be used for other things that could, as you said, harm people and violate and infringe on the fifth and 14th amendments and another one. I'm sorry, just blanked out on it. But... Right to privacy, fourth amendment, yep. you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole new area, but it's one that we uh, must address Absolutely. In a balanced way, you know, we're not trying to stop it because you can't stop the future. Mm -hmm. uh, the future is here, but certainly you can regulate it so it does not become a tool of discrimination and oppression uh, uh, of the people. Absolutely. In addition to serving on your committees, you've developed a track record for fighting for the equity and civil rights of all New Jersey residents. Recently, you've made strides in expanding healthcare for New Jersey residents by expanding on the needle exchange programs in the state, um, being one of the state's leading reproductive rights advocates. 
and more recently being a sponsor of the um, S2558 bill, which um, in part of the bill will expand mental health care for all New Jersey residents, but primarily um, veterans who um, may have a financial burden or financial costs in which they may not be, may, they might not be able to get the um, mental health and psychiatric care that they need because of their benefits. Um, and the bill will just, you know, exclude the cost, including benefits. So then um, essentially healthcare will be more accessible for veterans, which is very, very, very important, especially in New Jersey. We have lots of um, veterans here. Um, do you think that other state legislators may take note of your efforts to protect and expand on healthcare in New Jersey and apply it to their states? Well, the, the, uh, New Jersey is kind of widely known and recognized as a leader in um, policy among the states. And uh, key issues like gun control and environmental protection and health care. So um, when New Jersey expanded access and care through Medicaid and passed my legislation establishing a health insurance marketplace, this was included in the Affordable Care Act. And there are other initiatives that New Jersey is well known for uh, in terms of um, cutting edge in policy and public policy. Thank you. I mean, it definitely helps. And I think we said that before too about um, how, I mean, if there's already a precedent made, whether it be in like state or local policy, um, in my opinion, I would hope that, you know, people at the federal level or Congress lawmakers at the federal level will take that into account and realize like this is not only going to benefit, you know, us, but, you know, the general public, the United States as a whole. Um, I want to touch back on um, our CGI conversation with all of us. So for those who don't know, earlier last year, um, I was very grateful to hear not only Senator Gill speak, but also um, former Senator, State Senator Kip Bateman. Um, at an event hosted by Montclair High School Civics and Government Institute. Um, and after listening to the both of you speak, I kind of realized then how much state and local politics have more of an impact on my everyday life. And it was something that I realized I have to pay more attention to. What are some of the best ways to get um, interested students or young adults who can vote involved and more aware of politics at the state level or local level too? Well, I think by getting young people more involved, it, 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 it's clearly essential for the future. And so I've had a long relationship with CGI for years but going back. But young people can participate in rallies. You can participate on um, boards that allow representation by um, young people. You can um, actually run for office. Uh, and even if you don't win the first time out, just the experience is very important. You can serve on your boards. My first board I served on was the Montclair Public Library Board. <laughs> and um, then later on uh, the Board of Adjustment. So in your community, there are things that you could participate in that may not appear to be political, but they are certainly um, issues of governmental um, importance and community importance. So, um, and then, you know, they can let us know, uh, look, we want uh, legislation that more reflects whatever need 
and to lobby for that. Today, they had uh, in, in um, my transportation uh, committee, they had uh, three seniors from um, West Orange High School who came to lobby and addressed uh, the Senate on the issue of requiring 50 hours of uh, driving before you can get your license. And they gave us statistics about the um, issue of accidents. And so for these young people to come, and I wasn't convinced before I walked in, um, but I certainly was convinced uh, after they made their intelligent coaching and, um, and, and, and passionate uh, argument. So it's all, is the community, in the community you can share that purpose and there are lots of places in our community uh, to get involved and to use that experience later on if you so decide into uh, the political arena, but uh, as an office holder, because I figure all decisions are political. It just may be not a political title or office, but in these positions, we are allocating resources, funds, we are directing the vision of the young people, be direct, directing the vision of organizations, their purpose. So don't wait to get involved thinking it has to be a political thing where somebody votes for you because every choice we make is political and it has a political impact. That is absolutely well said. I've, I mean, I consider myself, you know, very, I guess, in tune with politics at through CGI, um, to check in the news and stuff, um, simply because I mean, this is a voting year for me too. So it's important for me to be educated on this, but I've never thought of it as like every decision that I make in my community has an impact and you're absolutely right. I mean, just because it doesn't have the title of, you know, maybe board chair, if one be smaller scale or um, legislator rep or anything like that, doesn't mean that doesn't have an effect on people. So I mean, that's a great way just in general to look at anything that people do. So I wanna say thank you again for that too. And I, and I learned that um, growing up in Montclair, uh, and, and one great thing I learned is that um, the journey to a particular point is equally important as the destination. So it's important how we get there and uh, what kind of um, community we are, become, and will become on the journey. So. Um, that's that's a real benefit for me from growing up in my I think, yeah, I would even say now it's a universal benefit for anyone here. I mean, there's so many, I mean, there's so many positive reasons why I can name why I should live in Montclair. I mean, this being again one of them. Um, as an elected official, you've done a lot too to um support the Montclair community and you've dedicated almost your entire career to see. Um, the best interests in not only Montclair, but all New Jersey residents. What can we do, again, as Montclair residents to kind of pay it forward and support you? Be involved. Stay aware, aware of what's happening in our community. Uh, 
voice your opinion, uh, write letters to um, me if there are issues, uh, call the office um, and give us your opinion, your viewpoint, if there are um, issues that you are going to advocate for. You don't have to wait until an organization comes along to say, let's advocate, advocate. You can advocate now. I think that if you write a letter, I we always pay attention because that means you have taken time out of your busy schedule and that you feel that this issue is so important that you are gonna advocate. So it doesn't have to be a group. It's good if it's a group, but it can be an individual who's taking a stand to either change, explain, but always to make something better. So uh, make sure your voice is heard <coughs> and your voice can be heard in many ways, uh, but um, it's always welcome that voice uh, in my legislative agenda. Thank you so much for your time, Senator Gill. I really do appreciate it. I had a wonderful conversation with you. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate this conversation. And I appreciate the question you asked that made me think while I was on the stage in Montclair uh, at the CGI. so much to Senator Nia Gill for being on today's episode of Humans in Montclair. I had a wonderful time speaking with you. Senator Gill's dedication to social justice and civil rights is truly inspiring, and her leadership has made a positive impact on countless lives in New Jersey and beyond. As a young woman myself, interested in civics and government, Senator Gill's personal story and experiences as a lawmaker offer a valuable perspective on the challenges we face as a society and the important work that lies ahead.